Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. So welcome back to episode 14 now, our second week of Spooky Month, which is very exciting. Can we talk about how appropriate it was that episode 13 though is in the Spooky Month? Yes. I mean, we could not have timed that any better. So, speaking of spooky, this episode is all about horror. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the horror influences within the Stranger Things not extended universe. Um, <laughs> the actual universe of Stranger the actual, Things. Yeah, the actual universe of Stranger Things. So, um, there are many influences um, yes. This is evident from the show bible as well. The Duffers have been very much influenced, I think, by Stephen King and, let's say, Japanese horror and all those kinds of things. So we're going to be getting into a little bit of that in today's episode. Yeah, which is very exciting. I love horror. I am a big horror fanatic. Um, and I have seen quite a lot of the ones that have inspired Stranger Things, which is really good. I was literally saying to Emily before this started that I did one of my A-level projects on the comparison between Eastern and Western horror. Mm. So I lo- like that's why I love things like Stranger Things, and that's why I love the things that have influenced it, mm. because there are some really good ones, and you can really see that Matt and Ross Duffer have taken that influence. And I, and I think the show is better for having those influences in it, in my opinion. Yeah, I really liked, actually, let's just take season three, for example. I really liked when you can pick up what they're going for. So in season three, when they're hiding from the mind flayer human concoction (laughs) (laughs) that is there towards the end, when they're hiding and it crushes the walkie-talkie and it's so Jurassic Park and like, oh my god so, don't they look yeah. they literally look in the car mirror don't they yeah and it's just like it's so like Jurassic that, Park yeah, that you pick up on it and you just think I see what you've done there and it's just that really satisfying moment and just remember that that's what I think is really good about the show yeah because I think what they do so well is it's not a copy but you can tell that the influences are there. And I think they have just the right amount of having those influences compared to, say, other things that might directly copy a, a film or another show. Whereas I think they are they do it so well that the influences are subtle, but really add to what they're doing. And mm. I really like that. I, I like that. There's not always conventional horror, but the way that they do it is like the influences they take are done really well. Hmm, definitely. So, should we start with season one then? Work with season one and then go through? Yes, so we've got season one, two and three and the influences with them and then the upcoming influences for season four, which I'm very excited about a lot of them. That's going to be very good. There is a big mix in uh, mm-hmm. season four to say the least and I'm I'm already looking forward to delving into that in yes. probably about half an hour's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so season one what inspired season one? 
So season one, I think, was very much rooted in the Stephen King more than anything, I think. So it was the Stephen King's, mm-hmm. the, I, I know it's not horror, but the Stand By Me is more of that kind of, that real human, but there's something supernatural going on at the same time kind of element. So Carrie yeah. is a big one. I think we can really Firestarter. see how. Yeah. It's even, I think you can really see if we take Carrie as just a starter for it. Yeah. The how that is woven into the show. Oh my god, so much. There's so much influence for Carrie in the show, and it's a really, really big one, I think. And and I think if you've read Carrie or if you've seen Carrie, like, and then watch Stranger Things, you can really pick up on those parts of it. And it, it's similar with it as well. Like the party dynamic is so similar to the Losers Club. And not just because Finn Wolfhard is in both. Um, yeah, a bit convenient, that, really. <laughs> <laughs> but because, like, you just look at their whole dynamic and it's so... Like, it's a bunch of boys and a girl that comes into it. Like, you know, and I know Max comes into it in season two, but you have that same dynamic and, like, being at the quarry and the things happening at the quarry and all those different those different elements. And I think that Stephen King was definitely, definitely a huge influence for... Hmm. season one yeah i think if we if we delve almost like a bit deeper in i know i keep going back to carrie but if we think about that one that it's the idea of the, the growing up and how yeah. i know that she's very much uh, her father isn't okay and the mother makes a, a deal that isn't great but besides of that you know well actually no if you really think about but like actually yeah, yeah that's literally the same Brenna yeah. is the only father she's ever known and he is awful. And I guess you could argue that Terry signed up to do the trials in the lab, which were not great. No, I, yeah, then I go, well, I, Carrie is the perfect um, <laughs> pathway for hell, I guess, in some sense. But you know what I mean? It's all about that growing up aspect. And I yeah. guess, in a sense, finding who you are, even if it is in a very disastrous way for Carrie in the end sort of like kind of like owning those powers and yeah know, maybe Elle won't end up destroying and setting fire and killing all her classmates in season four but I would prefer that didn't happen yeah but I mean I'm not going to rule anything out here because it is stranger things and in the yeah. wise words of David Harbour as he once said to me is anyone ever okay there we go but, like, to be honest, if that happens at her school in the new undisclosed location where they're moving to, hmm. Utah... Um... Watch us be completely wrong about this. <laughs> I just really enjoy the fact that this is based off the fact that High School Musical is an influence <laughs> for the season. I'm <laughs> on this hill, if, but, like, watch them move to, like, South Dakota or something, and it just yeah. be San Francisco. So... San Francisco, but yeah, I maybe she'll because I'm interested to see her actual school dynamic when she goes to school Mm. because who knows, like people might treat her a bit differently, you know, like Mm. maybe, but then she won't have her powers, so no, she won't. She she won't have that. I mean, I presuming she's going to be still trying to get them. And I think it will be a case of actually, though, by the end of season four, I think she will have the powers back. 
season four finale absolutely yeah absolutely. i think she will have them back then which i mean i suppose it still follows in a sense that trajectory but i yeah, i but think, maybe yeah. like maybe she gets them back and it is like a big carry moment where she mm. does set fire to everything because she gets her powers back <laughs> I mean, you never know, actually. If you think about it, she hasn't probably used them for a good while. And I'm guessing yeah. they're going to be brought back by a sense of emotion. It's not just going to be one day, oh, hi, I crushed the Coke can. You know, It's not going to be like that kind of moment again. It's going to be a big explosion of something. And I really also enjoy that. <laughs> it's going to be Hopper moment. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoy that as well. This started a discussion of season one influences and already we're on to season four. Oh, I can't wait. I've been yeah. so excited for season four. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Should we get back to season one though? <laughs> season one though, season one. Yeah, four years ago. So I haven't seen or read Firestarter. So how is that an influence then? So Firestarter is something that I read after I'd seen season one and season two of Stranger Things. So it was actually my first Stephen King. No, it wasn't. It was my first Stephen King book that wasn't from the shining universe because i read the shining and dr sleep and then firestarter was my first like outside of that um and basically the plot of firestarter is it's andy her her dad's called andy um and he and his wife were part of mk ultra um and took part in the experiments and they had a daughter and the daughter has powers but the things that she can do when she does them, because she's young, she doesn't have full control. So she'll use her powers to do something else. For example, like, um, go to a phone box and get coins out hmm. of like for like change. But she'll start a fire somewhere else because she can't control okay. the power that she has. Um so he's on the run with her because the government killed his wife and her mum. So he's mm. on the run with his daughter because he doesn't want them to get her because she's really powerful. Hmm. Might be a little bit of an influence then, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb there and say that uh, Firestarter influenced Elle's character. Yeah, it makes it interesting though that the idea then of one thing, to do one thing has to then affect something else. Like, yeah, which, I mean, literally 12 minutes in, I'm going to bring it up. But if we think about then why Will got taken, is that technically the fire start scenario then? Well, this is what, yeah, like that yeah. ties in and it could be that. And like that they want, they wanted to get him because like, could, but then could, did yeah. his parents. Does his do his do his parents have powers? No, I meant it more along the lines of so if Elle's done all this, so he's essentially the the fire that is starting somewhere else then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So think of that as Could also be her bleeding. Or that too. That is probably the more reasonable explanation. But I also like the idea of one thing has to lead to a consequence. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I can totally see that as well. But just before I forget that train of thought, it could be the <laughs> fact that she yeah, she can use her powers, but she bleeds. Yeah, I think it definitely is probably more likely the bleeding, I think. Because it builds up as well, doesn't it? Isn't It starts yeah, one it thing. Worse. Yeah, exactly. And then it ends up eyes and just very dramatic. 
but no, it, it could be the the will situation. You are right; that could definitely be a consequence of that. Yeah, because you think about it, every. I suppose that every time she uses it, the ultimately the when she finally uses it at the end, they locate him. He then gets taken. So if you want to look at it from yes. that aspect, it's still that fire starting somewhere else. It can't be. And I suppose actually, even at the end, that she goes for him to come back. And that yeah. is something that it plays out throughout. So, this is actually them leaving together, and Joyce taking L in is actually the first time that they've been properly together on a mm. screen without the other characters being there and without mm. there being some kind of threat to their lives. And mm. that's going to be very interesting because I wonder if. So at the start of this podcast, I actually had a theory and I do just want to state for the record that I do not support JK Rowling in any way whatsoever. Um, and I'm only mentioning this because at the very beginning, I mentioned this as a possibility is that Will is like a Horcrux or like has a similar thing to the Horcrux. So then him and Elle being together is that kind of the vibe of only one, one can't live or the other survives because they've never been together no. not really not properly a little bit in season three but even then not massively yeah but were they together in season three were they really we don't need to get into like that in again. the <laughs> opening scene like in the in the first episode and then that's pretty much it hmm. yeah. yeah that's what i yeah i've always thought that that it, it seems odd that they i mean even in season three i don't i think they said one word to each other overall yeah. didn't they it was just more when they would talk about the roller coaster or something like that. I mean, it's like a roller coaster, yeah. you know what I mean? No. no. And that was pretty much it. There was no other interaction there. So I, I'm i very interested in that yeah. dynamic. And, yeah. I've not thought about that. I've not actually thought about the fact that they do not interact. No. They're only real that interaction. That can't be accidental. No. You've got that one moment there. And then the only time he ever even really brings her up is when he has the argument with Mike and it's like, she's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder just... if like he thinks he can't like her I wonder mm. if there's still something in him that mm. means that he's mad at her I wonder if we're going to get season 4 and they're going to be in their new town mm. Utah and they're going to hate each other or See, he's going to have a problem with her Yeah, we had this discussion kind of the other day obviously off podcast um and it was the idea of we we saw a fear that was floating around reddit we won't go into it too much but oh my god don't hate it hate it hate the concept of this theory maybe we'll talk about it at some point but i'm still pretending it doesn't exist because it makes sense and i don't want it to make sense no so we won't go into it completely but there was this kind of idea that if this theory ends up being true then technically everything is well I guess in the eyes of Will Elle's fault and mm-hmm. I mean arguably I suppose if you look at it objectively that it's not wrong technically everything that has happened to Will has been on some level because of her but this theory would because make of it, her yeah would make it very much it's you know it really has happened and that would have some kind of um, they wouldn't get along no 
no. And I don't know. I, I, I would. I don't want to say I want to see them not get along, but I think it'd be interesting to play that I mean, out. It's an interesting dynamic. Like, absolutely, an interesting mm. dynamic, and. I do wonder what they're going to be like because I think Jonathan has spent more time with Elle than Will has. And yeah. I think Jonathan actually is quite protective of her and like tries to help her and like looks mm. out for her. Mm. So like I don't think he'll have a problem seeing her as a little sister. No. And Joyce loves her. Joyce will yeah. look after her and love her because that's just jo- what Joyce is like and she's also spent more time with Elle than Will has. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Will, like, what has he been through? And Elle, like, this, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And, and I can see that that has, like, more of a negative I really impact. hope, yeah, I really hope they don't pull the... We're going to presume, just presume they've interacted off screen. I really hope they don't pull that card. Because I feel like that's what they would expect us to do with Will and Mike. Yeah, they didn't do that with Alan Max, though. No, they didn't actually. They, we had that introduction, which would have been a good few months down the line. So, because I suppose even in that last scene, I, let's also appreciate the fact this is meant to be a horror influences thing, and now we've just purely <laughs> gone into El Will the um, show. Yeah, the even in that last scene, they're kind of they cross past each other, don't they? So, Will. And Mike have their bro moment. And then he walks out. And then Mike walks into another room. Elle walks in. They're not even in the same car to the area of where they're going. He is just in tears. She has got the light surrounding her. Like it's... But then possibly is that similar to like Carrie as well? Like, Could Will be Carrie? You know, as Ooh. well. Does that Could that tie in as well? Ooh, that... I mean, there is that growing up theme again, that isn't there, especially for season three. And mm-hmm. he does have that outburst and destroys Castle Byers. He does? Yeah. Will Byers is carry confirmed. That would be interesting, though, that we presume it's Elle. But actually... Yeah. I am just, to be honest, I am just here for <laughs> any theories that show that Will has more meaning than the show is giving me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another yeah. influence for season one. Let's get, <laughs> let's get back on topic. Uh, is Poltergeist um, and also ET? Those are two influences. Mm. I think ET is pretty obvious. L is the alien, um, yeah. which suggests is she from a different dimension? Mm. So this was something that was always in there, right from I think it was right from the show bible that it was meant to be. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Mike is Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L is ET so to speak, and how that's interacting there. Can we also talk about how I was scarily old when I realised that E.T. stood for extraterrestrial? But Really? But isn't the film mm. E.T. the extraterrestrial? No, isn't it just called E.T.? E.T. the extraterrestrial is the name of the film. <laughs> See, I just thought it was called E.T. I didn't buy it and watch it myself. I watched it at a friend's house. <laughs> so I just thought it was called E.T. Mm. Also, that's a stupid name for a film. It is. You don't need to over-explain yourself. Just call it E.T. or The Extraterrestrial. Yeah. 
Stranger Things isn't called ST, the Stranger Things. Yeah. Very passionate about this, but that's sort of deflecting from the fact that I'm a bit of an idiot. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was from the get-go, like you like said in the show Bible, and I think they were told to watch E.T. They were told to watch E.T. and they were told to watch The Goonies. And I think Stand By Me as by well. By Me, yes. yes. So you can sort of see those things in E.T., but then it does suggest, is it part of the ultimate dimension? Is that where Elle's from? Is that what's happened? Because he is from a different place that we don't know, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's from space, but where, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is Elle then just going to disappear at the end of it again? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, she'll leave and they'll be like, it's time for me to go. But maybe this whole time she actually ha- hasn't meant to belong on this planet, on this earth, on this dimension. So I'm just imagining Elle at the end season five just being like, I have to go now, my dimension needs me. And then that's just it. Like, <laughs> that's just it, she just goes, she's just gone. <laughs> See you later. She's just like, I need to like hop back to... Yeah. But like, I'm not being funny, but like that gen. not that I'm thinking on that level, but like mm. the concept that she's from somewhere that's a little bit like, that's not our planet. It's kind of how they first meet her, you know? They just find her in the woods and she's come from Mm. this lab, which in itself is not an actual... Like, she didn't grow up in a place that was what was normal, you know? She didn't have a childhood that was normal because of what was happening to Mm. her. Yeah, and I suppose one of those things as well that's... I don't want to say it's normal to her, but that was her normal, wasn't it? it Just coming outside and being like, I don't know what a friend is, I don't know this... And she doesn't know what any she doesn't know what anything is outside of the lab. No. But no, but like I guess you could say that the lab is I mean, it holds the gate to a potential mm. alternate dimension. I mean, literally holds a gate <laughs> to a potential Yeah, no, it dimension. does, yeah. So and yeah. and it could be that, you know, and these powers, where have these powers come from? Mm. How do you develop telekinesis and yeah because yeah, i suppose if you think about the fact if the mind flyer can drain them then it does suggest yeah. that it comes from there so and yeah. if we want to if we want to talk about the potential of will having powers over that let's be honest he's got the true sight and the idea of sensing the mind flyer oh, is from the upside down and as well so there is something there is something there Anyway, that's actually that's actually a really good point. Like because I the thing that I really love about the things, not that not that I really love it about MK Ultra. Obviously not. I do not like MK Ultra. But like the thing I like about the way MK Ultra is presented in the show with the fact that Terry was involved, but it gave Terry powers. Hmm. Is does it do these powers do they come from somewhere then like? Because L was born with them, but L was only born with them because of the experiments that were done on Terry and then mm. again on Terry when Terry was pregnant. Mm. So does do these powers come from somewhere? And the fact that it happened in the lab. So Terry goes into the lab and then these powers are drawn from something which is already there, this gate. Yeah. And I know that L opens the gate, but she didn't create the gate. No. No, we don't it know. It was what there, actually. you know? Yeah. No, we don't know why it's there because the we see in season three like the Russians can create a similar gate and there's always these flash forwards and Brenner wants Elle to make contact with the Demogorgon and 
you know, there's this, I don't say like realm, but she goes in there, doesn't she? She's able to do that when she has the sensory deprivation and stuff. So you, she's mm-hmm. pulling those powers from somewhere. And you think if the mind flayer was, was injured or it was able to take those away from her, is she actually going to get them back? Or is it going to be harder for her to get them back because of the damage caused to the mind flayer and to the whole lab situation? You know, maybe mm. they exist because she lived in Hawkins and mm. the further away from Hawkins she gets, the less those powers are going to be something she can take from. Mm. That makes sense then for Will as well then, because in season... For example, in season three, there is no reason why he should still be able to sense the mind flare there. There is no, no reason. So that does kind of fit with that idea then that it is simply Hawkins. And there is yeah. something there because for all we know, it was all taken out of him. Unless kind of like yeah. in the Terry Ives scenario then. The, there's a little bit left. Yeah, there's either a little bit left or there was something there to begin with. Because I mean, think of Callie. Why does Callie then have anything? Why can she still do it? That is true. That is true. Hmm. Um, but then that opens a yeah, whole because, other thing that are people with yeah, powers walking around whether they know it or not some of the numbers had powers before they came to the lab but not everyone and it's the not everyone that I'm interested in because we see the story that people can be born with powers the whole time and that's what makes them hmm. special and that kind of thing but I find it more interesting the ones that have been able to acquire them hmm I mean, L. That's to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is, and and that's what's interesting. And like, nine point five can't really, but nine could. Mm. So what is actually going on? They're there? identical twins. Mm. Um. So that's interesting, and I think that obviously ties in a little bit with ET, but also I guess poltergeist as well, coming from a different mm. dimension essentially yeah. you know oh actually that and the static tv yeah oh, of course static tv and also then season threes he's here they're literally that they're here you know it's yeah it's oh that's so creepy it. oh that yeah. bit is so creepy yeah oh i forget about that when she does that little <laughs> weird turn they're here oh weird hmm. which is also very yeah. interesting that that is the film that uh, joyce was taking uh him to see yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have. Not <laughs> someone that I think, are we to believe he was 10 or 11 at that point? Because it was definitely pre-season one. I find it wild. Like, this is a complete side note. That, like, this American whole thing's been R- a side note. Side note, side note that American R-rated movies, like you, like NC seventeen, is a thing where a grown adult can take a child into a film which is meant for adults. Mm-hmm. That is a baffling concept. Yeah, that the oldest we have that in England is a twelve A. So if you are under twelve, you can go and see a twelve A film with an adult. Mm. But like a 15 or an 18 you can't like an adult can't take you in and i think that's better i've always found it bizarre but Mm. that's neither here nor there um but no it is interesting that um that's a line in poltergeist and then like you said will uses that line Mm. three seasons down there you go so i mean we've kind of mixed up the seasons anyway but (laughs) Should we go on to season two and try and stick on season two? I mean, pretty big influence for season two was uh, Exorcist. 
I mean, I think it's a pretty big one, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Just a little bit. Possession. <laughs> I remember watching it and being like, he's going to be possessed, isn't he? And I'm, mm. they, they did it well, because I'm not mm. a massive fan of demon voice possession mm. type scenarios, because I think it gets to the point where it gets too dramatic. Mm. No, yeah, I get um, you. Yeah, but I think they did it well in Stranger Things. Mm, I think so. I think the moment when he's saying, uh, let me go, let me go, and the voice is changing, that bit, every time it happens, it's done just enough that you don't think, oh, okay, it's overdone. Yeah. But when it changes and changes back, it's like that, oh, it, it's a shudder. It's, it's more psychological. Yeah. yeah. It's more mm. like psychological rather than, I don't need to see someone like twist their limbs into ridiculous positions to understand that they've been possessed. I think yeah. the possession of will is more like, I think we said this in the last podcast, it's more subtle and clever and hmm. thoughtful. Yeah. And that's scarier to me hmm. than twisting all my limbs and floating to the ceiling. Like, I'd be more scared, I'd be more unsettled with the way that Will was possessed than I would be the way that maybe, like, there's possession in, <sighs> I don't know, I can't think of a film that's not The Exorcist where there's possession now, yeah. but you know what can I mean. I, yeah. Can I make a bold claim on that note, then, that isn't even a bold claim? Go on, then. Okay. Uh, Will's possession in season two, then, was a lot better than Billy's possession in season three. Going along those lines. Yes. Because... Billy's, even though it's not that twisted limbs thing, you still had the army melting into it. And you could, and I don't know if it was because we'd seen it in season two already, but you could predict it. And also Will could predict it. So yeah, he, he was best... telling us what was going to happen. So, it, yeah. you know what I mean? That There wasn't that kind of real psychological moment going on. The best part of Billy's possession... <laughs> That's a weird sentence. The best part of Billy's possession is the bit where they're having dinner with Heather's parents and mm. he's talking and it seems normal, but it, he just doesn't seem quite right. So yeah. the fact that it's only Elle that can notice that him and Heather seem off, even Max, who is his sister, mm. doesn't fully notice that he's mm. not completely right. And that's the more that's the more unsettling thing yeah i think mm. after that it's it's quite like gory and and that type of possession doesn't like mrs driscoll eating the fertilizer is mm. not as scary to me that's just gross whereas yeah. bill is like thinking and his more like creepy like planning things out that's more mm. like methodical same mm. as the way that will is possessed in season two that's creepier because that's scary because if that really happened you wouldn't necessarily know no the way that billy says l in this is the same tone that mm -hmm. will says that's my friend mike it's that same yes. kind of thing and i always think of the yes. that's my friend mike moment because that's truly the because it's just the turn like eyes leading first to looking and they're going that's my friend Mike and it's just 
Oh. that's creepy like that's yeah. creepy and like that oh my god like fair play to Noah Schnapp like he did that so mm. well like yeah that is genuinely what that's the type of possession that I I like to watch yeah. because like you said it's just enough creepiness mm. that you know that something's off because like um Owens hmm. wouldn't have thought there was anything wrong with that sentence. No. But Joyce knew. Yeah. Joyce did know in that moment, and I think Mike did too, that the way hmm. he said that was off. Yeah. And I will say you do get a similar vibe, I think, in season three as well, when you have Billy giving, or the mind flow, I guess, giving that speech to Elle, being like, we built all of this for you. Because it's kind of that tone where it's almost like are you saying that you're on or not on the same side but you bring oh, yeah, her yeah. into it for him to then turn around and be like and we will destroy you and everyone else that that yeah. moment there with the music in that and i know it gets gory and everyone starts melting from that moment but that also gave the same effect just those yeah, little moments the, like that where he's in the sauna or the steam room sauna and um he starts crying and he's like, I didn't mean to, but he's not actually, he doesn't actually feel like that. It's just a plot. You mm. think like that's manipulation. That's like full. Yeah. That's scary. That's yeah. creepy. And I think Mike noticing with... Will going like that at that mm-hmm. moment. And then the look and him suddenly going, get away from the get door. Get away from the door. But that ties in again to the poltergeist theme that we were talking about before. Like that's really similar to that the we're here moment and I remember the first time I watched that that was like a shudder down your spine and I guess like the exorcist is similar because it's the possession is so I don't know I think it does it quite well and I like that and what is quite interesting about that is like a really minor detail with the exorcist but the the gown I guess that Will wears is the same gown that I can't remember the, uh, the name of the girl that is possessed um it's what she wears as well when she's being possessed so it's like little callbacks like that they didn't have to do that but she is also 12 when she gets possessed hey there we go like a year or so difference but but that's the way i like the way that the duffers do it because like you said they didn't need to have the gown in and if you didn't know that that's what it was it's not obviously like there's not a label on the gown that says <laughs> copyright the exorcist. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not obvious, but if you know, you know, and if you don't, it doesn't impact mm. your viewing of the show either way. And yeah. that's the way I like their ties in similarly to the way it is brought into season two. Yeah. So it is done in a very, <laughs> it is done in an interesting way. <laughs> it is done. The problem with that book and film always. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Mr. Ball, though, uh, Bob's Bob's chanted clown, (laughs) yeah, um, that's so clearly a throwback to it. It's Pennywise, it's literally Pennywise, and Bob's from Maine. And Mm. as we know, Stephen King doesn't think that any other state exists. So, also, the fact that Hawkins like Derry in the sense that it's not a real town. No. Yeah, actually, that is true. And I think yeah. one of the things that the adults are very 
unaware in a sense or most of the adults are very unaware of what's going on which we know is something that is very evident in it that is something that affects the children and the adults just simply uh, is is it something along the lines that they're not that they're they is it they don't want i can't remember what it is it's they don't want to be aware or they can't be aware they they don't remember but like like the further you are away and you don't think about it you don't remember but like um, it's very draining, isn't it? That's why all the adult. There's why there's a lot of issues within the families, isn't there? Mike chooses to stay in Derry, and mm. he const. So basically, like the books, the book, the the it book is actually originally set in the sixties when they're children, and then it's the eighties mm. when they come back to Derry. But the films did it differently, and in my opinion, they did it better. Where they were children in the eighties, and then it was modern when they came back. The films are really good. They actually cut out the worst parts of the books because there's some some parts of that book which are just awful and didn't need to exist. Um, There is one that comes to mind immediately, which we won't be going into. But he... So they they don't remember. And because they all moved away, it's like really hazy to them. And it takes Mike calling them back um, to... Derry, I was going to say to Hawkins then, to Derry and trying to like refresh their memories. And when he calls them, they're kind of like, oh my God. And um, Stanley actually like kills himself rather than going back because he just Mm. knows that he can't, he just, even though he can't fully remember, he just knows that he can't do it again. Mm. And... I think that says a lot about the mentality of it. So I wonder if that will tie in to what we were saying about Hawkins. Is it Hawkins? And unless you actively let yourself remember the way that Callie does because she's hunting the people down (laughs) and the way that we know number five and 9.5 do because they Mm. are trying to settle down but but also be a little bit on the run because they don't want to get caught... Hmm. So, is it similarly the way it's Hawkins that's the problem? Hmm. And will I it suppose be... then, yeah. You, yeah, you could tie that in with then the buyers obviously getting out of there. Is it going to be a case of they're finally happy away from there? They're finally happy, but then they need to get back. And the a lot of the influences for seats. I'm not going to say they're going to go. As far as Stanley did, I no, presume they're no, not no, going to no, show won't. that no, they on won't. a screen. They wouldn't do that. But in a lot of these films that they influenced for season four, a lot of them have that kind of more. Um, there's this kind of theme of not mental illness, but that kind of theme running through a lot of the films. That a lot of the characters and the influences are depression. Oh, yeah. oh no, sorry. A lot of the characters in the film are depressed or have high levels of anxiety, and they're dealing with that side of it so is oh, it going to be a case of it's brought up well they do that like, element of it richie is very like on edge the whole time and has like mm. stage fright and like well he's fine he's a comedian and then he gets the call from mike and then literally like do- goes to do a show and just like can't do it and just throws up um mm. like bev is in uh like an awful marriage um like they've all like um eddie has married essentially the woman like so Bev essentially marries a man who's really similar to her dad and treated her the way treats her the way her dad treated her. Eddie marries 
essentially a woman that's like his mum and is as controlling mm. as his mum was. And they did it really well in the films because they casted the same woman. Oh, that is clever. Um, which was done quite well. Um, so they're not doing great. Mm. And it's actually Mike that is the one that sort of is thinking things through a bit more clearly because he's been in it the whole time. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, if we want to relate that to Strange Things, then if they want to, that could be Mike's storyline then, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah. Because I mean, he has lived through it, and I'm guessing at some point he is going to need. Elwin will back, so he would be the one to make the call, I would presume. Yeah. So this ties in, will Hopper remember? Yeah. There's a lot of things with Hopper, I think, that we have spoken about on here before that would be interesting to figure out. One, if he remembers who he is. Two, if... I mean, I'm presuming he's going to want to come back, but... Would he actually want to? Because there is so much that is affected within Hawkins that it is, you know, essentially he died, I guess, from the eyes of the public in there, that he got kidnapped because he was there, that there's so much going on there that it is, would you want to go back? I know, I know, I know that I always compare him to Bucky, but the the comparison is legit and... I do wonder if, like, there's at the end of the Winter Soldier, like, Bucky vaguely, he has, like, a vague recollection that, like, Steve was was someone he knew and the name Bucky rings a bell in his head. I wonder if that's what it's going to feel like for Hopper, that he's not going to remember who he is and he's forced to work and do the jobs of what they want him to do. Hmm. But he'll have like a weird recollection of this the time. Hmm. I mean, that could definitely work. I think, yeah. There's a lot of Marvel references, and in like there's a, not references. There's a lot of Marvel inspirations and influences for season four. Hmm. A lot of Marvel for season four. And I'm very happy about it. <laughs> wow. Um, there you go. Another really obvious one for season two is uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, where on earth does that come into it? Because I have no idea. <laughs> Such a subtle influence that I don't understand why they even mentioned it. Well, I actually really enjoy that this isn't so much why as an influence, but outside of this that... Finn Wolfhard dresses as a Ghostbuster in season two and then gets cast in Ghostbusters, <laughs> you know, the new one coming out. And I think wasn't there something around it as well that they were almost a bit reluctant to cast him because of that? But actually his audition was pretty solid. That's cool. And they thought, let's put him in. There was something along those lines, but and I and I do appreciate that. But yeah, but it's yeah. Ghostbusters. It's not really a subtle influence, one. is it? It's not really something to read between the lines of we understand yeah. the the Ghostbusters. One mm. of my favorite episodes, like mm. so good, and I just think uh, again though, Dustin catches something 
in his little mm. ghost catcher. And mm-hmm. uh, as is not the technical term for it, but I, my mind has gone blank. Um, yeah. <laughs> and again, something from a different dimension. And I guess you could say that ghosts are from a spiritual dimension. Mm. They don't bring something power. strange in the neighborhood. Neighborhood. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> but no, stop. No, we're not going there. But yeah, I think that that is pretty thing. But then I think those influences do go over into season three as well. You know, like a lot of those influences we see, like we said, we said about Jurassic Park. Um, there's a lot more. I can't think it's of a lot right more word. body horror. I believe they were saying in season three. Season three. So, yeah. Yeah. So was it was it the thing? Is that the one I'm thinking of when? Yeah, and Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah, which is interesting because actually, at the same time, I don't think there was very many Back to the Future things in season three. No, but I wonder if it was subtle and it is the time travel thing or the dimension thing. Yeah, it could be something like that because obviously they do watch it. Um. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be a thing it carries on into. Season four. Is Back to the Future a influence for season four? I think so. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to come across more then, then, because I think... Yeah. I think we could say this, because obviously a lot of extras, a lot of the extras casting goes up, and anyone can see them. Because anyone can apply. Because anyone can apply yeah. to be an extra on anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and they do... There is a lot of mention for, say, I think it's 1950s, 1960s mm-hmm. kind of looking people, however you'd say that. So I, I do wonder then if you're going to have your Back to the Future moment in season four. Maybe we'll see Joyce and Hawker in school. I think that is what a lot of people are thinking it's going to be. Elise. Especially when we're told we're going to have Hopper backstory. I think that's what people are thinking we're going to get. Oh my God, that would be a true blessing on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of season four, should we go over the season four influences? So Yes, there's some, there's some interesting ones. <laughs> Emily and the... I spent yeah. two and a half hours, I would say, going a over. Good while. Yeah. So basically the Stranger Writers on Twitter did the video store Fridays. Yeah, Video Store Fridays. Video Store Fridays. And um, spoke about all the influences. And then they made a giant board of all the influences. So me and Emily copied that board, but wrote down what we think those influences mean. So Hmm. we spent a lot of time doing that. So, um, yeah. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do. So obviously Marvel is a big one, which we've kind of gone into, and I think we've said various times how we think Marvel could come into this. Yeah, just um, do want to add, because this isn't horror, but our alternate dimension thing and time travel thing, um, Into the Spider-Verse is a influence, um, and also Age of Ultron is an influence, which I was watching last night as we planned this, and um, that is like the creation of something like that you can hardly control or the idea that there's something coming from a different dimension that they're trying to protect themselves from which is literally Tony's reasoning for why he tries to create Ultron in the first place so Mm. I mean pretty big isn't it 
There's also the Hellfire Club, which is X-Men, but we're going to do a whole episode on the Hellfire Club because that's a really big one to talk about. So we won't go yes. into it in this one, but we will just say that the Hellfire Club is an influence and has been an influence since the start, really. Since season one, I mean, it's literally yeah. the comic that Will and Dustin make a bet on yeah. if he beats him home. But so a lot of the films in season four, they kind of vary from either Marvel, multiverse kind of aspects to things like High School Musical and the Goofy movie. But then you get the odd ones, you get um, Black Swan, yes. which to me is very interesting because it's more that psychological horror route yeah. and kind of almost split personality. Yeah. I guess I it's kind of idea that... Yeah, exactly. And that they want... that Obviously, the Black Swan, I'm sure most people have seen it, that she's almost trying so hard to be this perfect thing because she really wants to be the Black Swan in the ballet. And by doing that, she's... as this real internal battle within herself. And I think at the end, she ends up... I think she ends up stabbing herself, which leads to this really dramatic moment at the end of it where she finally performs as a black swan and then it's just she's put so much into that where i think she dies yeah after finally reaching it which and there's a lot of that i think as i said earlier within season four and the influences so there is that more psychological element the shining. and it does bring up exactly the shining that more mental illness kind of aspect coming into it so i'm really intrigued if they're going to go down the more psychological horror route with this one which i think they kind of i don't want to say they tapped in with season two a bit oh they did though they did no i like that type of horror it's like you said season three you said earlier it was quite gory uh, so i i quite like the concept of it being more psychological but with the shining it is like no work uh all work no play makes jack a dull boy is that going to be hopper like I can't see it being anyone but Hopper, to be honest. Yeah. And that's... Mm. I mean, The Shining is creepy because of the psychological elements to it. I remember the first time I saw it, when I noticed that Red Rum was murder backwards, I was like, oh, God. Like, But mm. I watched The Shining very young. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's creepy. It's creepy elements. Like, the hotel is not right, you know? Like, you're going down the road... The, corridor and there's two creepy little twins and then you go down the corridor and there's like a sea of blood coming out of the lift like that's creepy you know it's full of ghosts and whether those ghosts are physical ghosts that are actually there or are they mental ghosts that they're dealing with oh there is another film and i can't remember the name off the top of my head i don't want to know if it's ordinary people or it's one of those uh, and it's yeah, very ordinary similar people. Yeah, yeah yeah that's an influence it might be that. it's very similar in plot to that where the girl i think it's the girl when she's trying to sleep but she's being plagued by the ghosts it might not be ordinary people then but there is one of them she's kind of plagued by the ghosts of people that have died and she keeps seeing them and it's really it's really playing with her that way it's really annoying me i can't remember the name of it now so i do wonder if then if that's going to be is l almost suffering from like ptsd or is she we mentioned this like in conversation the other day that is she blaming herself for what's happened to Hopper? So is that why she's almost seeing the ghosts of him? Or is it kind of a case then that uh, are these her powers trying to come through and she's yeah. kind of tapping into the void and seeing him, but she's thinking that it's ghosts. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It really could be. And yeah. like, 
there is such a psychological aspect to this to the influences like even the ring is one mm. of them and whilst that is again ghosts and like the idea that she can kind of get samara can come and get you through the screen and you know it's a bit mm. creepy it's more that she doesn't actually kill you does she samara scares you so much that you get scared to death isn't I that right think that's it. i'm sure that's because yeah. i have seen the ring um i've seen the japanese version as well but obviously she's never it never states how she kills but it's more that their faces look so scared that they literally have been like scared to death um mm-hmm. and that's really interesting that that's a choice we were saying when we were planning this as well that it's like a mother who didn't like what her child could do so she mm-hmm. tries to get rid of her child um mm. and then also like is the well which is in the ring symbolic of an alternate dimension or like the gate or mm. something like that you know you can see those parallels there and you wonder is that something coming mm. through so there's definitely a psychological element to season four absolutely so much of these influences are so psychological there's a lot of references in a lot of the films to psychiatric hospitals and that kind of thing as well mm-hmm. so i do wonder then if that's something we're gonna see in some element yeah ordinary season four in some way ordinary people yeah. in a psychiatric hospital mm. um they also reference nightmare on elm street but specifically nightmare on elm street three which is was it dream warriors what it's called yes dream warriors dream warriors yeah, um, dream warriors. and within that um it's one of the characters she essentially dreams of freddy krueger coming to get her and freddy makes her hurt herself <laughs> um which leads to her then being put on a psychiatric hospital and a character called nancy um is someone that she interesting meets there. um the thing that it's is the thing, yeah but the thing that i like about the psychological ones is like you it is such a play on the way that you look at it because like for so many of them like the shining for example it's like are they really there the ghosts that jack sees are they really there or has this happened and it's in his head you know Hmm. where whereas like when you watch nightmare on elm street we know the backstory of Nightmare on Elm Street is that Freddy Krueger actually is there and he is tormenting them because he's tormenting so many people. But you can also understand the viewpoint of like the character's parents and the psychiatric like people in the hospital because they're not going to believe that someone is in your dreams telling you to do things and trying to kill you. So mm. that's why psychological ones are so interesting because it's not just this gory... Uh, let's just hurt everyone and it's there's an obvious reason for that you know like there's a such a so many different layers and so many different dimensions to psychological horror and i think that's why season two is my favorite season of stranger things and i think that's why i'm so excited for season four because so many of the influences seem psychological and you don't go through that without having psychological impacts you just don't do that no, that, I was going to say the same thing. That I think that's why, and when we were kind of talking about Will's possession versus Billy's possession, I think that's why for me, 
aside from other things, Will's decision weren't better because it was almost unpredictable and you had that whole yes. element of people didn't believe him and the the people thought it was all in his head and it was he purely PTSD. Fine. Yeah, and that yeah. was probably going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. Whereas in season three, the Mind Flayer kind of had that more like last ditch attempt and it decided, yeah. right, psychological isn't going to work, so let's just destroy them. Yeah. And even though we had those few moments, it was, I don't want to say it was predictable, but you, let's just say you went into season three thinking, okay, Billy's going to get possessed and he's going to die. Whereas in season two, you went into it kind of having an idea that something was going to go on with Will, but you didn't quite know where it was going to end for him. You can kill a physical monster. You can mm. kill ghosts. Mm. And you can't kill psychological... You can't kill Freddy Krueger. You can't... Mm. He's already dead. You know what? How do you how do you do that? You know, like how do you in The Shining? You can't remove those ghosts. Yeah. You know, like it's so much harder to deal with psychological horror than it is to deal with physical physical things. You know, a mm. monster comes at you. You know, like a zombie comes at you. We've seen so many zombie films. We know how to kill a zombie. You know, if there was a zombie apocalypse, mm. I'd know how to kill the zombies. You know, we, we get it. Mm. You know, Shaun of the Dead taught mm. us how to do that. But, like, how how do you go about stopping a ghost? How do you go about exactly. stopping something which is so much bigger than you are? Mm. That's why it's creepier. That's why it's scarier. And that's why it has more of an impact. Because... You can't stop it. And that's what makes it creepy. Question of the week. We're going to talk really general for this one. Knowing... What do you think is going to happen in season four then? Thinking about the horror influences behind it. And I guess with the other films behind it as well. How do you think this is going to play out? Because I think from talking through this, I think we've got our kind of our ideas in our mind that we think it's going to go psychological, but we could be completely wrong. It could oh my be, god, yeah, yeah, it could be back to being that kind of gory, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a musical season. Maybe we're looking at it all wrong. We're trying to think it's dark, but it's actually a musical season, and L goes to East High. Um, L and Will go to I East would... High. And start performing. Who knows? I would tap out. I don't know. I'd quite like to see them singing. Um, maybe we could have a repeat of Susie and Dustin. But anyway, on that note, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and tuned in at Hawkins Do You Copy, as well as catch us on our social medias. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, which is at Hawkins Podcast, as well as our YouTube, which is Hawkins Do You Copy. Thank you for tuning in for episode 14 of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. We will talk to you next week over and out.